0: Welcome to Men Are Nuts, a podcast about mental health, physical health, emotional health, psychological health, awareness in men, women and society. First, it started with man. the acronym for Men Are Nuts. And we have a very special guest on the show for you today. And it's his birthday. So I want everybody to say happy birthday to a very special guest. And introduce yourself.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Hamid Abdullah Ghafani. I am a mechanical and all
0: right sorry just a second everyone yeah. this is my coffee <laughs> he's, he's just been talking about his coffee and, and <laughs> he's, got his, well, exactly. he's got his coffee he's got um, his cigarettes he's got everything all laid out on the table he says um yeah I, I imagine it's something out of um what's that what's that not goodfellas what's that program is it the godfather um yeah Um, That's how I imagine that he's he is right now. He's sat on his chair, drinking his coffee, with cigarettes and everything sprawt, papers and everything sprawled out on the table. All right, and I am back. Yeah, I've just been telling the listeners that um, um, I've just pictured you as a when you said you're a bit of a um, a drug lord and you you've got everything sprawled out on the table you've got your your real notes your 500 real notes all sprawled out and your, and your coffee oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah
1: yeah and it's, uh, you're actually almost accurate because right now i'm in my office my say man cave is basically where i stay so back to what we were saying my name is hamid abdallah Kahbani. i'm a mechanical engineer a bachelor degree holder uh, i work at Qatar Petroleum, currently my position is as uh, a cost estimator and quantity surveyor, which is not really a big role important to what we gonna discussed today. Uh, the more important thing is uh, I'm a graduate of Samanama, or you can say the Social Entrepreneurship Development Program by the Social Development Center here in Qatar. Uh, we did that uh, in 2019, just before the pandemic started, which I'm uh, really, really, really grateful for. And alhamdulillah, the, the, the outcome of that program, we came up with wuduh wuduh which stands for uh, uh, Arabic for clarity. And it's basically because of my own experience when it comes within our society dealing with mental health. I thought that what's what better than a social initiative, social entrepreneurship initiative than a platform that generates revenue. To aware about mental health, right. while at the same time, actually provides easy access to people who are dealing with the stigma of the mental health in our region. Because, you know, in our region, if you say, I think I need to see a therapist, they're going to, some people might start calling you names like crazy, yeah. uh, you're just uh, dramatic. Uh, uh, you're just being, uh, you know, spoiled, Stop acting childish, you know, man out. Uh, which comes to funny because, they, this makes people make men, especially men, who are dealing with this. It
0: makes them nuts. Yeah, yeah, definitely, mm. definitely. And um, uh, so
1: that's
0: about me, man. So congratulations on, you know, all the successes that you've been you've been having, um, and setting, okay. up, setting up the program. Um, let's talk about this before we, before we're going. We, you know. Your birthday, what's your birthday been like? You know, you know it's still, it's, the day is still young, like you are. The day is still young, just like yeah. you are. Well, I, I'm, I'm not
1: sure I'm, I can still consider myself young. The last time I considered myself young is just the, the last year of university. After that, was like I was preparing myself. Uh, believe it or not, I actually have grey hair. So <laughs> I'm still 29, I'm full of grey hair. Life is amazing. Yeah. So uh, the, the day was good. Um, for me, someone who is actually a mental health patient, uh, especially with my condition, uh, which is... Uh, I'm diagnosed with uh, bipolar type 2, yeah. uh, so I, I try to be very aware, especially around this uh, time of the year, because it's really critical what things might be as triggers you know, or things that might be triggers to make me extra happy for no reason. So, usually the way I treat it, forget about it until people start telling you happy birthday. (laughs) Which I did! Which I did, I didn't think about it until yesterday, 11.58, I think. That's when I received a call from my wife. She's uh, right now in Bahrain with the kids, yeah. visiting my in yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay, they, they just want to say goodnight, you know? And then I'm surprised all of them in front of the camera with my uh, firstborn uh, daughter. She's leading the choir, happy birthday, dude. Right, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, it's my birthday. Ah, nice. <laughs> it's, not like I, it's not like I knew the whole week before, but, you know, this is how I deal with it. So just basically I lower my expectation. And it's so good, alhamdulillah. Congratulations yeah. from here and there.
0: Uh yeah.
1: no gifts yet. But I just um I, I, I got I got fifty thousand the money notes I was talking about yeah. from my father. Unfortunately it's not a gift, it's uh, just, you know, a loan so that helped me furnish my new house. <laughs>
0: fifty <000. laughs> thousand. fifty what are you talking about? These uh, fifty thousand to to furnish a house. Um you know, gosh. Um, what in yeah. terms of in terms of living, you've you obviously you did you, you were born in Qatar, you've grown up in Qatar. Yeah,
1: um, um, yeah. You see, you see, this is also another perspective we can talk about. Uh, I, I'm I'm born and raised in Qatar, uh, but uh, my father and grandfather is actually from Yemen. We are from the uh, Qatani tribe, which is uh, known to be spread across all the, the whole GCC. Right, but uh, uh, except and. Uh, in contrast with the, the other members of al Qahtani family, uh, our our mem- our family, like my grandfather, like my great-grandfather, they actually stayed within Yemen because Al-Qahtani goes all the way back to Yemen. Right. But they've been migrating through the years. For me, I actually came directly, like my father literally was born there and then when he was a teenager, moved to Qatar with my grandfather. So I actually got praised in a way that caused me a lot of conflict because my habits my accent when i was a kid because i was raised between like with my brother's sibling mom and dad not speaking the qatari accent fully so it's kind of a mixture so that's why i keep telling people i am your un, uh, un what do you call it uh, sorry your your untypical qatari so yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm i'm a non-typical qatari but i'm qatari born and raised yeah man
0: yeah so you got you've got kind of like that mixture of typical and non-typical because Obviously you've grown up here, you're born here, but then you've got the other side yeah. of, your, of your family. Um, let's yeah. let's tell the people listening out there where is Qatar, because a lot of people, um, even though there's this huge tournament, the, the biggest tournament yeah. in the world coming here, a lot of people still wouldn't even now, won't even know where Qatar is. So can you tell them a little bit about Qatar? All right. Yeah,
1: is. So, uh, Qatar is a very lovely country. It's uh, basically a peninsula, which means it's uh, covered with uh, the no, surrounded by water from three ways. It's the way. water, yeah. it's, uh, it's in the middle of the Arabian Gulf, or if you are uh, from the other side of the world, you might call it the Persian Gulf. Uh, it's literally west, uh, no, well, yeah, west of UAE or Dubai for people who only know Dubai. Uh, it's mostly <laughs> des- <laughs> it's mostly a flat. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, I know. I that know. Close- That's why I'm laughing.
0: That's why.
1: Uh, uh, that close to Dubai. <laughs> yeah, it is close to Dubai. I think. Uh, so uh, it's to be honest, it's a place that has ground. Mm, it's all desert. There is some places where you can have nice scenery, outdoor, uh, like uh, futures, uh, uh, geographical futures, but it's mostly flat but uh, it's very really, uh, really really developed develop right now i'm really happy last year um, they, No, they the day, uh, 2019 they started the operation operating the metro um, and i love it it just every time i want to just to feel like back in europe in london or anywhere like that's not here i just go to the metro i know it sounds silly but for when you talk to people who have go through mental stress and anxiety just trying to get flashbacks of a place that you were happy with or yeah, relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Take, taking a ride in the metro is just amazing man. Yeah. And, and it's very welcoming for everyone. We welcome everyone. We, do, we have uh, it's a little thing for everyone. And I hope to see people in, uh, here in 2022. It's going to be amazing. The infrastructure is going crazy. I don't recognize any place from Qatar. I think that's still the same when I was born or from the times i remember when i was a teenager everything has changed just in the hope that we deliver a really really good world cup
0: 2022 yeah and, and possibly things beyond there because you've got the you know the, is it, they've got the you've got the asian games now you've got other things they're applying for the olympics and things like that so and and you, we do get regular here i say we because um i'm, I'm obviously living here um yeah. it gets we get we get international tournaments anyway. We just had the, the FIFA um, Club World Cup. Right now, there's a tennis going off um, with all the... Yeah,
1: they're, they're, yeah, they just finished it, I think, yesterday. The ExxonMobil uh, tennis tournament. Yeah, so... Yeah, a... so uh, it's basically one of the things that uh, the Qatar 23rd Division uh, emphasizes on, which is uh, uh, what connects people. And, and like, come on, let's think about it, actually. When you're talking about communities and... Uh, uh, having everyone connect together, well, they actually did a really great job by choosing one of the things that connect everyone: sports. Sport is not a language; it's not, uh, it's not. It doesn't uh, have a gender. It doesn't have a bias. Sports is for everyone. So, since I think two thousand, the early two thousand, starting with the two thousand six Asian Games, they went all in. When it comes to sports, because they realize, okay, we do, we don't want to be tourism, you know. Dubai did all of that, you know, like they have all the tourism. But after all, there is going to be a newer place, a better place to do tourism, special events, and all of that. So they focus when which is uh, when something that is more important that brings more value to the societies, to the communities, which is sports, and it's doing really great. Like uh, as you said, the uh, Asian Games started to 2006. And then they, they had the, uh, uh, 2019, the, the world uh, tournament for, uh, what do you call it? Athletics. I, I don't know what they call it, yeah, the uh,
0: athletics, but
1: basically yeah, the, the, the javelin, jumping, and, yeah, uh, yeah, the uh, like that. Yeah. World championship for, uh, the, these kind of sports. Uh, also, as you said, the club, world cup, also they, they had it, it took, uh, like, I think a few months back. Huh? And, and 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 you know, as uh, for me, especially, like let's talk about me now. I am not a sports person, so so for me, I'm not actually interested in all of these. But I'm pretty sure for anyone who loves sports, being in Qatar is just gonna be amazing. Like, imagine you ha- you can watch a Liverpool match or Bayern Munich without having to travel to Europe. Yeah. You're just sitting here.
0: Yeah. And when you said when you said just then, let's just talk about you. I can hear it in your voice that. We are actually talking about you in a sense even though we're talking about qatar because in your voice i can hear there's a there's a heightened sense of expectation and 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 you there's a bit there's some joy there that you you want to see you, what you're seeing is good things in a sense happening uh, in qatar and the infrastructure so then it has a impact on the community um such as you know yourself the people who are who are Born and bred here, and then people who are coming into the country from various places and coming in for tourism and things like that. So it's having a massive impact on on people. Um, what's the? I'll talk about the weather, and maybe you can. Ex- I mean, I've tried to explain to people what would you say um, the weather is like here in terms of on a yearly basis.
1: All right, uh, the weather. Ugh. All right, for everyone hearing this, yes, it's just like how you imagine it. If you come here during summer, you're going to be grilled. You're going to be well done in less than 10 minutes. (laughs) But luckily, luckily we have something called the season, okay? So we don't walk outdoors in the summer. All right, so we, we drive the car and when we get to from our house that has AC we go to the car that has air conditioning, AC We go to the mall that has AC and then we go maybe like, I don't know, to a restaurant that has AC uh, For anyone who is going to be like, yeah, but well, the sports world cup is in the studio Sorry, I, I'm getting in the mood of personating uh, <laughs> aggressive people right yeah, now yeah, listening yeah. to that. <laughs> So uh, I, I just want to say uh, Thankfully, Qatar was, uh, is, uh, became one of the leading companies for uh, air cooling uh, open spaces. And it's been tested and it's, you can see so many videos about it. The stadiums are like, it's amazing. The temperature outside reaches all the, all the way to 38 Celsius, 40 Celsius. Inside the stadium, although it's an open, uh, open air stadium, you're enjoying 18 Celsius, 21 Celsius temperatures. With the cooling fans, like with the oil, like you can feel the breeze, you know? It's just so good and relaxing. I actually went one time, not for the match, I went just to witness this, and it's just fabulous. So, yeah, don't worry about the weather. And if you come during winter, you're gonna have the best European summer you had in your life.
0: (laughs) 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 Definitely. Um, How's your coffee, by the way?
1: Ah, nice let's 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 do a promotion for them <laughs> exit coffee shop your break from life when you're anxious when you're stressed and you're looking for an exit out of all of this just order exit coffee the best coffee in
0: Doha fantastic um, <laughs> let's, let's, talk, let's, let's chat about uh, let like you say um, life and and you and because one thing um, and, and it shouldn't really surprise me because we are, we are all mental health. We all are because everything that um, uh, we as, as human beings, we are mental health. So whatever affects, we have different effects. Yeah. Different things affect all of us in different ways. And sometimes it can kind of affect um, two people in the all same right. way, trauma and all that sort of stuff. So for you, I, I'm going to say this I, until I met you, i I had not heard of anybody who was Qatari that said um, mental health. I mean, I haven't really met many <laughs> Qataris anyway. but I'm really, I, well, to be honest, I haven't really met many Qatari, many Qataris anyway. So it's obviously it's not going to be a conversation piece. Oh, I'm Qatari. I'm this. Yeah. Piece, I'm going. I've got mental. Health. No. So when you, when you came and said to me that you you've, you've struggled with mental health, you you've you've got bipolar it was like what I was like because it I I didn't think it did exist I remember and I said this to you before I remember and just the listeners out there when I first came here I was invited as a as a guest a panel on the on a panel of guests um of people who are supposed to be you know in the sporting field sports stars and we talk about community my goal was to um, connect the community through sports and uh, and working in schools working in wherever um, and I thought and I see I see sports as a tool to engage people to help with mental health to help with confidence yeah. and all these sort of things so I came here with that so and that yeah. was my intention so I remember going out um, I remember part, being part of this project Run the World Festival and we went um, they asked me to come and um, help the as a guest to help the children who were who had um, disabilities and things like that so we we, we went to this place, went to this park, or whatever it was, and a van came, and the, the kids came out, and they, you know, they all, some of them were, you know, most of them would have had like Down syndrome and different things, different, um, you know, disabilities and and, and um, illnesses, and so they're there kicking the football, laughing and joking, and I'm kicking the football with them, and I gave them football to, to take take photo of them, we took a big photo, and as soon as that they had gone. And I'd never seen that. I'd never seen, you know, going to the malls or whatever. I'd never seen, um, you know, you might see the odd person in, in the wheelchair, but you didn't see, I'd never saw these kids anyway. And so it, it's, it's, it seems like, like you said, the mental health and all these other things are almost like a taboo subject. Like we don't talk about it or it doesn't happen. So that's the reason why it kind of surprised me when I thought when a, hey. he's he's because he's a Qatarian, he's got the he's he's himself. Yeah. So let's talk about you and 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 you know how All right. how's your journey? All right.
1: So my journey started actually okay. Looking looking at it right now and after I started uh, having therapy sessions, my issues were long gone. Well, uh, long before, I mean, before I even realized them. Basically, my issues were since childhood, as you said, with all mental health. And uh, regarding that, I just want to add one point. In Islam, in Islam, uh, it says that it's written that no one is perfect. The Almighty is the only one who is perfect. Yeah. So that made me think, in a mental health perspective, like I'm not I'm not, I'm not using that to, as a religious bias, no, as a perspective. So, if no one is perfect, and then I see on the street this guy who looks handsome, he's so confident, everything about him is good, body, uh, accent, the way he handles himself. And I was like, oh my god, I wish to be like him. That used to be the old thing. You know what, you know what goes through my brain right now? Yeah. If I see someone that he looks perfect, I was like, sure, damn, I wonder what mental things he's going through his brain. Yeah. Because if everything physical about him is good, then I'm pretty sure he has something that is like either like anxious about how he looks all the time, that's yep. why he's yep. extra clean, and, you know? So in my brain, everyone, every, there is there is no one. Like, At least you're gonna go through your life through anxiety or uh, what do you call it? A little bit of depression. So when it comes to my own journey, it started uh, uh, way back, I think 2016 or 2017. When my supervisor at work was telling me there is something wrong with you, there is something wrong with you, there is something wrong with you and I kept, kept hearing that word a lot from him and he's not saying like you don't know how to do your job, uh, you're not being punctual, no he's like he just summarized it there is something wrong with you so after one year of trying to actually get uh, please him, I said you know what, it must be in my brain. Let me just see a doctor. So I asked a friend of mine, uh, who's also Qadrari, who was going to see the therapist by secret. To the point that he actually was making me drive him there so that he doesn't go with his own car, so that no one would pass it in front of the clinic wow. and recognize his car. See? So, so that's the difference between me and him. He was doing it secretly. So I told him, I want to see this. He's like, no, 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 you don't need it. You know what's funny? He told me you don't need it. He's diagnosed with bipolar type 1. I actually was diagnosed with bipolar type 2. So after, after starting seeing the therapist and trying to get things sorted for me, I was laughing this way. I was like, say hey, man, we're friends and buddies. Even in the head, we're the same. We have the same thing going on. Yeah. Uh, from there, uh, it was a struggle even dealing with my family. I didn't even tell my family because I was doing it secretly at the beginning. The only one who was aware about it was my wife, because after all, she is living with me 24 hours. And hopefully for the rest of our life, we're going to be together. Um, and I just saw the reaction of the community that no one is doing anything about it. And uh, after reading a lot and researching, mental health is not a one, uh, one man job. You know, you cannot just if someone is going through anxiety, or depression (laughs) it's it's not like uh, as they say man up you know or like carry yourself you can do this no it requires support just like if someone gets a physical injury injury where you break your leg or break break your back Uh, usually at the first few months after the injury or the accident which is let's say the accident here is that something happens that triggers you to go into a deep depression Usually there was there's gonna be support the whole time you know let me help you carry this let me help you do this with you yeah but because because we deal with uh, mental health issues in a personal uh, in an isolated way we tend to actually uh, recover very slowly if we recover at all some people to this day they just their personality perspective of life change fully because they couldn't deal with depression in a proper way so. The first time I got the opportunity with uh, was when um, uh, my I realized my daughter is growing up, and I was like, uh, you know, I'm not gonna let my daughter grow up in a community like this, especially that the sort of I have uh, when I read about them, they're actually uh, it's not confirmed, but some of the research says it actually might be gene- genetically inherited. Right. So I was like, I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna like just stay still and. Uh, make my kids grow up in a community where they don't accept and support mental health patients. So, I'm gonna do what I can. Let's start with the first thing. Speak it out loud. Hey, what's up? What's on? I'm depressed. Oh, why? I'm just going through a depression phase right now. You know, (laughs) it's a thing that happens with me with my bipolar. And everyone's like, "What what the hell is bipolar? You know, and that's it. Sometimes the reaction is like, what the hell are you talking about you're just crazy you know stop saying these kind of things it's like you yeah, yeah. it just it's all nonsense but what can we do like if people are not aware then they're not aware we just work on it uh i got my big shot as i told you when i got into the social development center uh, at the beginning of it uh, the program like the social entrepreneurship i was like uh, from from the first from the interview from the application I showed them that I'm going in because I'm someone who is sick of the community not uh, facing the issues, the stigmas we have that is stopping us from developing and becoming a better community. I did the same thing with the personal interview. Um, let me tell you this: uh, I poured my heart out of the interview. I almost cried. They felt sorry for me because I was like, "I'm doing this because I want to make a change in this community." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and and. I, something tricky like okay okay let's talk conspiracy now you see as a mental patient i always have these conspiracy theories i didn't bring up the topic about the mental health to choose the topic as a like uh, to go through the program because in the program you need to choose some issue like a problem that we have and what is the mvp minimal minimum valuable product to solve this yeah. as a social entrepreneur uh, business plan someone some guy uh yeah, Came up with like, okay, we want to d- uh, develop a product or a service to deal with the stigma of the mental health. So, automatically, as someone who's uh, at that time, I was until now being a mental health advocate. I went all in. I was like, it's like now, choose your teams. Like, each one convince someone to discard their idea and join the other to make teams. I went and I shook this guy's hand. Two weeks in. He's like, yeah, he got disqualified. So, my conspiracy theory and my brain, the people at the center of social development, actually put him, planted him in to see my reaction if someone pitched an idea about yeah, mental yeah,
0: health. Yeah.
1: Yeah. To see my reaction, so that's like, because I, I'm, I didn't, I didn't pitch it. I didn't say mental health. I went with something stupid. I was like, we need to fix cavity problems when it comes to kids and their teeth. <laughs> I. Yeah, I, 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 I wasn't planning to actually seek the solution for that. Uh, my mentality was, uh, alright, uh, let's uh, see what dri- drives me the most and join it. And uh, Alhamdulillah, I joined it and uh, we got the first place Fantastic. for our uh, initiative. Fantastic. Which is really proud. Fantastic. Yeah, I cried a lot, man.
0: Fantastic. And so, man. you know, you didn't mention, let's go back to, let's go back now. You said you've you lived in, in you've worked you've been you've lived in England or you worked in England or various places. What? Because I want to know what led up to. I want to know a bit about you, and the short listeners want to know a little bit about you. Growing up in Qatar and growing up, um, knowing that your your family is is in a different country and things like that. What? Because I want to know what led up to the point where you w- would have first um, thought yourself thought to yourself. I'm struggling mentally or what was what caused it and obviously, uh, obviously, all it right the diagnosis. Because,
1: all right so the way to break it down uh, it's not um, it's not like uh, I suddenly realized yes I suddenly realized like I have a I might have mental health issue but the thing is I kept deceiving myself uh, you see as a teenager we're not uh, fully aware uh, because Unfortunately, our community back then, the internet was not that much as popular as now.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, to research and read and know what to do. So I grew up in a, in a mentality that just go through the space of your life and it will get better. Go through the space of your life and it will get better. So, In the elementary school, I was being bullied. Amazingly. Um, I was a big boy since I was a kid, but still I was being bullied. And I, was, I wasn't i was the kind that was, uh, uh, what do you call it, who, who would actually defend my, let's say, defend myself. Yes. Uh, I remember, I remember uh, one time, uh, what do you call it, there was three kids at school who jumped me. And uh, 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 I, I hope my brother, uh, he's not going to listen to this, who jumped me just so that we talk about the mental trauma that happened. And I still dealt with it like, oh, this is normal life. Uh, I, I remember I was in the school and three kids jumped me and they started like kicking me to the ground. And I look, I looked with my eyes, I glimpsed my brother sitting inside the school bus just looking at me like that. So the, well, that's one thing. So I kept my telling, no, no, it's okay, just grow up. When you grow up, no one can hit you. So I grew up, no one can hit me because I'm a big guy now, but I'm still being bullied. That's okay, just grow up. They're going to be more mature, you know, you're the big guy. Don't, Don't go down to their level. And I kept going through the space, all the way to university. Uh, by the time I reached university, I had... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, I, I had this uh, rebellious phase where I actually wasn't uh, hanging out with any Arabic dude. Uh, like any of the Qadri guys with me in my, the scholarship or the other uh, Arabic guys. I was literally in an international student group. And there was the time for me to shine. Actually, I realized I'm very like likeable, everyone likes me. Everyone keeps telling me, don't change. So why when I'm in the Arabic community, you know,
0: yeah,
1: why am I getting bullied? And, and still, look, all of this, I'm still not aware anything zero about my mental health. Until uh-huh. we reached the point where I told you about work. And then I sat down and I was like, all this time in my life, Like, I was just waiting patiently that everything will get better, I'm gonna become the man I want to be one day, like, being able to be responsible, fully deliver, all of that, because, you know, with bipolar, you get the depression phase, and the mania, so in the mania, you do crazy things, you spend money, and with the depression, you just have the tendency not to go out, you sleep a lot, so that caused me a lot of issues when it comes to timekeeping and commitment, and what,
0: yeah,
1: so, then I started seeing the therapist, and uh, uh, with a few sessions you start learning something they call it uh, because I, I'm, not, I'm not an advocate of medication when it comes to mental health.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm very clear about it, I just like, you know, like, development, you, you understand yourself just like when you have an engine that doesn't fully function but you can still use it, you just know how not to use it in a way to destroy it, you use it in a way that to keep it running for the best time possible. So we did this uh, CBT, which is uh, uh, short for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, which is basically kind of reflecting to understand what's going through your mind, what's the emotions like, what causes these emotions to surface. And I started looking back through my whole life, and I started realizing my whole life was phases of me, like, being extra, you know, confident, and then just being uh, depressed, extra confident, depressed, and all of that so it just makes me that's actually, I think this is one of the points that actually made, made me get really angry that if our society was aware and uh, proactive when it comes to mental health my childhood would have been much better man
0: yeah yeah I mean, yeah literally I was, I was, I was, because because the parts where we spoke when you spoke first and uh, there's the reason why I keep coming back is I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying to work out where it actually. And and this second part is now where you're telling me, you can probably see where it started. It probably stemmed from. It's probably stemmed from the bullying. Um, because as a child, yes. The, as a child, because quite often our traumas, a lot of our traumas don't start like when we. I don't know whatever forty or fifty. It can do. But right. I mean, it tends to start at a young age, and we kind of. Man, it manifests, and because i was going to ask you did you when you were being bullied because even then, then you spoke you said something about your brother did you
1: yeah
0: did you get any anybody did anybody come to help you or did you get any, did you speak to anybody about it at that age
1: <laughs> i spoke to my family of course they said nothing oh, sorry i didn't speak to my family now i didn't speak to no one i spoke to my brother he's like no one told you to get in trouble the thing is, I didn't get myself into trouble. There was some guy who was annoying me, so I just pushed him, and he tried to hang into. Uh, he tried to grab someone's, uh, like another student, uh, so that he doesn't fall, and he ended up cutting his, uh, like inj- like with his nails, cutting, uh, like making a scratch in his face, that caused him to bleed. So that kid called his cousins, and he's like, this guy pushed this guy to me so that I got injured. You
0: see? Yeah, so that's where it started from, yeah. Uh,
1: No, but but actually, uh, now I understand your question, it it goes back even beyond. So, uh, what do you call it? Growing up, I realized that my uh, father—I cannot convince him to go to check therapy or anything. But I'm pretty sure he, I think, he has some some of the disorder that is familiar, familiar, similar to what I have, because I remember uh, things I shouldn't remember, man. I remember things when I was like three, four years old, and most of them—they're not happy memories. Yeah. So I think that what happened with me. Uh, I'm not sure I'm not sure uh, you're aware, but uh, even though let's uh, aware the audience that's listening to us uh, especially for bipolar, uh, the people diagnosed with bipolar, the bipolar is if you have it, it's in your DNA since you are born it's just waiting for the catalyst or the trigger to trigger trigger it so that it will start the cycle so uh, I believe what happened is I was in such a young age and I witnessed something uh, most likely my father being abusive to my other uh, brothers, you know. Uh, for for nowadays it's abusive. Back in the day, it was just how you, you know, discipline your kid. You yeah, know, yeah. you take you take you take a you take a straw or whatever what wooden stick and you just send them until uh, they learn the lesson.
0: Yeah.
1: So I think that caused it uh, to cause me to go into the trigger phase, or like for my bipolar to get triggered. In a very, very early age, because my awareness uh, is so, so—I I, don't—I can't explain. I like so I'm vivid. aware of everything so happened to my, to my life, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's not vivid. I remember most of the things, like everything happened since I was born, which is
0: not normal. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's so vivid. It's so there in your face, and you remember everything. It's so—it's like it's—it's it's like it happened yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. And, and, and and unfortunately, I only the things that are uh, that are uh, like fixed to my brain, engraved, are not happy memories, man. It's mostly I remember the time my uh, like we my like we had this argument at the house. I remember that time where my brother failed and uh, my father was shouting. I remember that time my brother had an accident. With my father's car, and my... so, and I remember me bullying, being bullied. I remember that someone stole this thing. So I, I have this basically because of all the things that's going through my life. I'm pretty sure a lot of people go through things in their life. I had the tendency to only remember the bad things, unfortunately.
0: Yes, yeah, so I was going to ask you do, you: do you do you remember the 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 happy times, the good times, and things that are you know that? Because, like you say, you 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 remember in certain certain things from and just
1: a few, just a few, ma'am. So, so like, basically, your childhood, yeah, that, your that. childhood
0: was very. Would you you would say then? Your childhood was, in a sense, quite un in a sense unha- unhappy, you know, because, like you said, you you got images of unhappiness, unhappy things, and then yeah, and then you, then you become a person because of those things you become bullied you get bullied um so that means that's another childhood thing a trauma that's happened to you and that's another bad thing that kind of yeah so that tips it over the edge yeah so it's basically like a really
1: really bad kind of a loop the the thing is let's be clear i had some uh, happy times yeah yeah but because because of the because of me focusing on the negative things and because of their repetitiveness the only thing I can remember is so like there, there is a few things I remember from my childhood one of them is funny I remember I remember like how it felt the smell and the look when we were in the uh, first uh, the house I was born into I think it was in Saliyah here in Qatar I was, I was like three four years old at that time I know you're gonna tell me how like anyone who's into like brain and memories and everything they're gonna tell you uh, Kids shouldn't remember anything below the age of four. Well, I remember. Uh, I remember the what do you call it? Mom mom cooking us uh, burgers Because at that time we were talking 19 I think 1996-1997 at that time there was no such things for our family as McDonald's and a cafeteria that's or Harvey's or Burger King. Cause my father was a single working dad who has to feed seven kids and two sisters, seven boys and two sisters. Wow. Wow. So I remember I remember that like the burger because that means like everyone is happy. Like this is a reward, you know, like having a burger, like you know, they're cutting the buns and everything. It was a special day, so I remember that. Also, I remember some of the times my dad would take us to uh, Al-Bidr Park so, but before they change it like here. Uh, for anyone listening, Al-Bidr Park is one of the best parks uh, available in Qatar. It's uh, opposite to the Corniche. Yep. I hope you, uh, when, if you come to Qatar, come visit it. You'll love it. Uh, so I remember also that uh, he used to take us there on uh, weekends. Wow. So yeah, it's a few. Uh, this actually made me uh, try to be a better person. That. Okay, if, so that I'll. I need a more collective memory of uh, the good things that happened in my life. I need to start appreciating the little
0: things. Yes, yes, and, and and just recollecting and, like you say, even talking about it, because, like you said, for boys and 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 growing up to men, males, we struggle to 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 talk about some of the things that we go through or that might be bothering us at the time, and. Like you said, you didn't really speak to. You spoke to. I think you you say you didn't speak to your brother, but you you kept things in. And some of these things um, live with. Obviously, they live with us for the rest of our life. But if we keep them in, there's no way to let them. There's no way to let them out. And what happens is those negative things then start to start to manifest. Manifest itself. Yes. 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 Manifest. Manifest is the
1: word, man.
0: Yeah, it manifests itself in another one negative thing. And we're constantly thinking. And we don't see, until we start speaking and start to open up to people, we don't start with, it's not until then we start to see the the, the good things that you said then. Um, you know, talking about, you've, you've mentioned going to the park. You mentioned, you know, so many things there that were very positive. But your in, in initial reaction is to talk about the traumas and the things that we've, we, you know, you've gone through. Um, so, yeah, are you, you've, you, you said it's genetic, and it's and it's like you said, you could, you know, you you you're obviously thinking about you you your daughters and and things like that. Um, for you, in a sense, then after you went, did you, did you say you went to university? You went to yes, you went to university, but did you go to university and were you? Struggling then, or, or when did you come to? When did you find out? What was a catalyst? But what was the kind of main thing? Ah, that right. made you realize, ah. yes. Okay, and also ah. I was going to ask you as well. How did you? Why? Why did you get therapy? And how did you get therapy? Who did someone push you to it, or was it you thinking I've I've got to I've got to sort this out? All right. So going back to uni,
1: uh, I started foundation in Newcastle uh, University. Uh, into Castle program. And that year was okay. I was trying to be like, you know, you're a Qatari, you're here, so stick with your uh, fellow Qatari guys. And it didn't work out, to be honest. I actually failed four modules by the end of the year. Uh, luckily, I was able to find the university that accepted me with my grades, which was the University of Lincoln. Shout out to any of our listeners who are Lincoln graduates. And... Uh, Lincoln. yeah man I need to do this but like yeah, anyone no, know, anyone Lincoln. who's listening went to University in Lincoln he knows what I'm talking about <laughs> so uh, what do you call it when I went there I started the first year so many things bad things happened the first year man uh, man that it made me like break down so I think yes the first break- mental breakdown I had was uh, just uh, around uh, Christmas time? No, not Christmas. Just after Christmas of uh, two thousand two no, 2010, uh, 2000, yeah, 12. So uh, early 2012, I've had it. So I was smoking cigarettes excessively. I was drinking a lot of Red Bull. Not being able to sleep a lot, all of that, and it's not because of anything. It was. It went to the point that I was actually started hearing noises inside my apartment. man. Wow. And, yeah, and and luckily because I was in the UK I went to the consultant like the student consultant and I was like this 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 happening to me and I thought I'm gonna be like you know what man I'll get the hell out of here and you know stop making uh, stop making uh, random stuff and the contrary the lovely lady she's like it's alright uh, what can we do for you what what do you think will help you all of that I was like uh, okay, I, I might need uh, to really kill, uh, like find a new accommodation, uh, the deadlines also, they're accumulating, I'm worried about them. So they helped me, they helped me a lot. And from there, I, I, I think it's the first time ever. It's the first time in my life. I'm already by that time, I'm 20 years old. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put myself first. Because until that time, I was like, I need to make my family proud. I shouldn't, uh, what do you call it, I, I shouldn't do anything that will shame make the Qatari or the Arabic community, Muslim community to shame. So I was like, you know what, I'm done, I'm gonna choose myself, whatever it takes, let's go. So from that day I started just hanging out with uh, uh, international students. And uh, not. Even, I didn't even talk about my issues or being bullied, it's just being accepted yeah. made me feel better. Yeah. Like it made the, the the better part of me shine for the first time. So that's the answer when you said like when it all started changing, like the behavior and myself, like realizing that a change needs to occur. Uh, but when it comes to seeking mental health, no one pushed me. As I told, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I reached a point with my supervisor at work when I after I graduated. He kept telling me there is something wrong with you. There is something wrong with you. There is something wrong with you. And he just kept saying it every time I failed, whether it's I deliver late or I'm not coming to work in time. Uh, to the point I was like, something should must be wrong with my head because physically and in, in a, a weird way, I know what, what my job is. I know that I should be waking up at time and coming to work on time, but I'm still not doing it. So something is wrong in the processor, in the CPU. Yeah. And that's when, that's when I went to the therapy. Uh, I, uh, there was a clinic uh, here Natar, I Nathar, the, the one my friend went to, and I started going there. We took a few sessions. Of course, this is a message to everyone who's looking to do uh, mental health, uh, to go to a therapist. Don't just go there. It's not, it's not like you're trying to fix your financials. You cannot just go there for one or two sessions and your life is sorted. Therapy is a long-term uh, recovery solution so you, you need to be consistent and you need to be honest with your therapist so that uh, you come the outcome is something that is beneficial and great for you. Uh, I think I was going to therapy sessions for two years. yeah two years, at least once a month yeah. and th- and thankfully it all went good. And then I haven't seen my therapist or doctor for like maybe two years. But unfortunately I went through some difficult life events in the past three months that I started seeing my therapist again. Right. Uh, actually I actually I have an appointment with her at eight o'clock this evening.
0: Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah man. Wow. It's not serious. Right. Okay. People go to party on their birthday, I go to my therapist on my birthday.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it, 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 it just goes to show where our minds are, where we, where we 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 where we are to, in yeah. our in our lives, um, and where where we are to, in our thoughts. And what's what what's one person's importance is another person's not important. So, you know, what you're doing is 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 very important. So, I was going to say to you as well, um, the point where I'll, I'll go back to this again. The, the point where you said I'm going to see a the therapist. Did you, how did you, because I'm not trying to gauge this, how did you pluck up the courage? Did you, was it um, something where you sat down one day? Was you, did you agonize it over a few days or was it just something you said, you know what, I'm just going to go? What? No, no, it's not what?
1: just, uh, no, it's not, I'm going to, no, no. it, it started like this. I'll give you like my thoughts. What's wrong? What's wrong? Why do he keep saying I have an issue? Why do he keep saying I have an issue? Maybe I should see the therapist. My friend is going to see the therapist. Mm. It's not going to bother me. It's not like a medication that might not work. It's just I'll go there and I'll speak. Maybe I should seriously should consider it. Mm. Maybe I should go. Well, there is no harm. Let's see. Ah, come on, only one session. Well, what's the point? So I kept going like this maybe for a month or two months. And then I just made my decision and I booked the session. Uh, then maybe you can ask me a question: Is like, why did you continue going? Like, because I, w- I could have went to one session, like some people do, and it's like, ah, it's not working. Yeah. I went there because I, when I got into the door, I am aware that anything I say to my therapist or my psychologist is confidential. So I literally, for the first time in my life, uh, second time, first one being my wife. Uh, uh, What do you call it? I went and I literally opened my chest and I pulled my heart out. I was like, this is happening, this, 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 this. I kept spelling everything that, you know, like like you said uh, about the bullying when I was a kid or when the uh, kids jumped me and kept uh, kicking me in the ground that I didn't speak to anyone. I went in and I literally spoke everything that I had in mind at that time. 40 minutes and i wait i walk outside with a smile and my uh what do you call it my life uh, my perspective of life is bright, and everything is gonna be great and uh, it's gonna be all good and just go on move on never give up yeah so when i got that feeling i was like i don't care what what's going on with like how it works I walked in being upset, I came out being happy. It's like just like going to the restaurant. You walk in hungry, you get you yeah. outside, you walk out, you're fulfilled, right? Yeah. You're full, you feel satisfied, yeah. so you will come again. If you go to a restaurant and, and they don't feed you proper food, you're not going to come again, right?
0: Yeah. I was going to say, depending on what restaurant you go to, definitely.
1: Exactly, that's why I keep saying, like I keep the uh, like I said earlier for uh, the audience to be aware about this. Don't just go once and be like say what you want to say and hide some details because you might be ashamed. Uh, and then you expect that the therapist will just fix you up. You need to be transparent, honest, and straightforward. Just pour out your heart, man.
0: Yeah, and that was and again that probably one of the first probably one of the first times. Like you said, you came out smiling and happy. That that was like you. That must have felt like a weight had been lifted from you after many years. Oof.
1: Oh, yeah, I have no idea, man. It it, it felt so good. As I told you, that that wasn't the first time I actually put my heart out. The first time was uh, to my wife.
0: Yeah, To your wife, yeah. And uh, yeah,
1: and it just gave me almost the same feeling, like. Uh, uh, when I spoke about my life to my wife, I cried. And when I opened my heart to my therapist, I cried as well. Yeah. And uh, I am uh, unfortunately in our society, crying is uh, looked uh, frowned upon, like man up, you know. It yeah. uh, drives drives me nuts every time. If idea. you if you read up, if you read about therapy, crying is actually good. Yes, I know. Crying is actually your psyche being able to finally release all the negative uh, feelings and the uh, emotions that you have inside because once you cry, it's like you
0: discharge. Yeah. Yeah. It's once you, you let in everything. What Everything that's inside, everything is inside you, it's a bit like having, um, you've eaten something bad. talk about restaurants. It's a bit like eating something bad and that thing is inside, yeah. bubbling up inside you and you just you, you 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 It wants to get out and but it can't go through one end, but it comes up and it comes out of you and it you, afterwards you feel yes, you feel a little bit drained, but you feel happy that that thing's not inside you um and that's the yes. thing to the the struggle with keeping things in and I was going to say that to you as well I was going to ask you about that as well for the listeners out there the, the here the culture is a Muslim culture and what comes with that as in, what comes with being a, a male and a man in a Muslim culture? What, what comes with that?
1: Alright, so uh, this is, this is very, uh, a, a very big topic. So I, I don't want the, the audience to be, have a misconception. Islam is very uh, good when it comes to mental health, physical health and all of that. The, the bad thing is the society misinterpreting. All right, so in this in, in Islam, like it says, you need to be caring uh, to the point that you should care to your seventh neighbor, you know, and not caring just saying hi, caring actually living with them in the good and the bad. But uh, unfortunately, uh, the society now is like, uh, no one should know I'm suffering, no one should uh, uh, be like, uh, I shouldn't be just going to people complaining, like, I'm sad about this, or that's why the. And if you, if you see the Arabic greetings, uh, Hi, how are you? How's things? How's everything? Yeah, fine. How's everything? Yeah, fine. How are you doing? Good, good. How is yeah. it? Good, good. Yeah. No, no. And I'm not, I'm not I'm not speculating. You rarely will go ask someone, it's like, how are you? How is everything? I hope you're okay. And he would tell you, oh man, I'm upset. I was trying to finish this yesterday. Really, it's only close friends. So imagine the point where you actually be able to reach uh, get a response that someone will tell you, oh man, I'm depressed, I'm anxious. Yeah. It's almost 0.00, like... Yeah, so... Yeah.
0: Sorry. It's really rare, man. Yeah, so I was going to say to you as well, with that, as a as a male... Because the way I'm going with this is, that like you said, you mentioned it a couple of times now, is this thing to do with man up. And growing up as a male, And and I'm I'm not saying it happens. I'm not saying I'm not saying it exists just in the Muslim culture. I'm saying because for the listeners out there, I haven't spoken to anybody on this podcast from the Muslim culture. So I'm trying to gauge what how the similarities are between the different races and cultures and the different people. So for you as a male growing up, you were you always told um, as a male in this culture as a Muslim to, to man up.
1: Uh, uh, always man to actually look I didn't even speak about things like to people and I wasn't complaining and I was still being told even by my sibling that I'm spoiled Uh, I'm just traumatic uh, oversensitive which is which is like uh, uh, day after day it just gets engraved into your brain instead of thinking no actually I might be going through some tough time maybe I need some Support it goes it becomes to be like, you no, know, I'm a, I'm a weak person. Uh, I'm someone who is not capable of handling or himself, or I, I shouldn't look at myself that someone who is able is going to be able to achieve uh, greatness in his life. And it goes it goes uh, through the whole culture. Like unless unless you are very lucky, and this is the same for uh, Muslim Arabic culture or everywhere, if the parents are educated and they are very aware then you get the different results so the parents start being instead of being man up it's gonna be like what can we do to help you yeah. be better yeah definitely. and that's all what we need
0: yeah definitely and um you're um you're from from you when you when you growing up and then you hit what did you want to be when you grew up? What, what what was things what was what was your dreams and aspirations? Was this anything that you wanted to be that was then because quite often when we when we feel um our, when we feel down or depressed or whatever it may be or we're going through anxiety or we 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 feel that it, we think it's we think it's this this and this but it, it it's not diagnosed till later till through your therapist. Quite often our our position in life changes, so what we feel that based on the based on what we're going through, we might say, "Oh um, I wanted to be a footballer but because i that because I was going through this and this, it changed my way of thinking and it put put me on a different path what sort of thing what did you want to be when you grew up when growing up uh, when I was a kid or
1: a teenager Both. I actually wanted yeah. to be a a pilot but uh, <laughs> Just a simple remark from my brothers, which is really stupid to think about right now They're like, ah, no, you're not gonna be able to be a pilot You're wearing glasses. Pilots should uh, be able to have to an eyesight 6 over 6 And also because another another thing that I have I was diagnosed with which is uh, uh, Let's share it with the audience Uh, It's a disorder called dependent personality disorder where you have the tendency that instead of uh, going through emotionally trying to please yourself and the contrary you start being dependent on others and what they want to be out of you so my family since an early age they're like we want you to be a senior staff we need we need to be a senior staff you need to be like something like an engineer so i dedicated my whole life since sixth grade i went into Umar Al School, which is a scientific school here. And I graduated from the school, like all the way from sixth grade till uh, last year of high school, 12th grade. And I actually, even in university, I went through, uh, what do you call it, as I said, mechanical degree, a mechanical engineering, bachelor's degree. Okay, so, uh, looking back at it, this is this is the funny bit. If, if we're in a proper, uh, if, if everything was sorted in a proper way, uh, I should have been like, what did I enjoy out of all the modules I was studying at uh, school? Yeah. And I would have told you I enjoyed uh, chemistry and biology more than actually I enjoyed physics. Physics was actually the lowest grade I got in my high school. Right. Not joking. But I still seek what? mechanical engineering, which is purely physics and math. Why? Because my family wanted their son to be... Uh, what do you call it uh, an engineer, engineer. Uh, funny funny thing is i I went through work and everything I am not satisfied I wasn't satisfied i okay I enjoyed the you know working as an engineer and being supervising all these well, jobs being carried out but then I found my true passion and actually ceramics pottery
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah which is something I used to enjoy when I was a kid
0: yeah, see, we always, I to, we I always go at. back. You see, we always go back. It's funny, yeah. That's a common yeah. thing. We always go back to something that we in the we enjoyed as a child. We always go back. Um, so even though there's even though trauma, a lot of traumas can start with a child. We go back to that, but we also go back to the other things, the the, the things that we enjoy, um, which is yeah. like, saying pottery, um, which can. It's it's a therapeutic thing. It helps. Whereas a job, you know, you engineer and all that sort of stuff, it's not it's not. For some people, it could be if that's you know if you've grown up with that. But it's not a therapeutic thing. Whereas, like you say, that's probably something that can help or has helped you um, to kind of not think about anything, or if you are thinking about something, to kind of soothe your mind. Um, uh, you know what? You know, another question I was going to ask you is, you went from because you spoke about lincoln and shout out to lincoln and we talk about newcastle you what was that like for you to kind of go from living here to then living in a different country like particularly the uk
1: it was the best and the worst thing that happened to me so let's let's just explain this up to that point I've never visited a foreign country where they don't speak Arabic in my whole life. Right. And when I when I traveled there, all let us let's, let's just oh my! God, I'll, I'm very I'm very grateful. My, none of my family members are gonna listen to this. I'm gonna make sure they don't because they're gonna dishonor me so much for what I'm what i about to say. They literally ditched me, man. Like all the other Qatari uh, dudes, they either had their uh, older brother uh, like their uncle or their parents coming with them at least to help them with the registration and sorting out the accommodation. I was literally was sent there solo, you know, like, go, deal with it, handle your own stuff. And I think they did this because the perception that, ah, he's spoiled. If we like, he needs to man up and handle his own things. He's bigger. He's a grown up man. And I went there and I remember till this day, this is funny. I was in the hotel room I didn't know. I didn't know where to get a SIM card. I didn't know how. Well, like what? Where to go to eat? Like I, I laugh at it right now. And the only thing I had is a contact number for a guy who, uh, uh, who was actually at the. guy who was at the university as well that I talked to him before getting there, so that he will help me sort uh, my things out. And I remember at night, it was so. I was so sad. To the point I was crying in the hotel room. That, yeah, like, what, why am I? Why am I here? Started questioning my life thing.
0: Yeah.
1: But as I told you, it, it went on and it got a little bit better. But then in first in the first year, when I when I had the, my first mental breakdown. At that time, uh, thankfully I was able to know what uh, like where to go, like what I should do, how can I travel. I I adapted. I was still inside I was still depressed that I was like what am I doing here like am I here just uh, like I was my because my mentality was you're here to study I wasn't like you're here you're here to gain life experience to meet people all of that no it wasn't that it was still the mentality that like, you need to make us proud but then as I told her like I decided to make the change to myself and I'm like you know what let's start meeting people uh, and uh, I would like to thank for that uh Christian Rojas Esperanza, one of my colleagues, my best friend from time. He is the best guy I've met, to be honest. Amazing guy, uh, uh, learned a lot from him, because he was he went through what I went through, like as someone who is foreigner to Europe, because he's from Peru, and he was older than me, so he kind of understood what I was going through. So, he helped me a lot. I started uh, connecting with different uh, nationalities, and I started actually uh, having more
0: confidence about myself, yeah. and it, it went all great from there. alhamdulillah. Fantastic. And yeah, I know I know Lincoln quite well. I know the that steep in the shopping center, that steep road. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. And, and the oh, Lincoln I Cathedral it. and things like that. So yes, I've been there quite a few times. Um, yeah, your, man. Your couple of couple more things, and and your. We'll just talk about Let's. i want to i want to gauge your thoughts on when you when you when the person the therapist actually said to you you've got bipolar or you know whatever you they said that you were diagnosed with at the time before anything else what did you did it was it was it, was it a shock to you not a shock that you you know did you question what it was what is this thing um you know, because quite often we, we, some people would go and they, they don't re, they don't know what, what is actually happening to them until then it starts right. and then you start to think, oh, all oh right, okay. What does that mean then? <laughs> you know what I mean? What does that mean? Then? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. So for, for me, it's, it was a special case because as I told you, my friend who I came to know the clinic uh, uh, from is, uh, was actually going there for therapy sessions and he was, he was aware that he was diagnosed with bipolar. So I kind of had, I had uh, what do you call it? Some idea about what is bipolar. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This is this is gonna sound crazy, but when she, when the therapist told me, yeah, you have bipolar disorder, I was like, oh, thank God! So (laughs) I am not. There is not. I know it's weird to say it this way, but I was like, okay, so there is something that I can work around. So there is something that is causing me not to be the man I am, I want to be. So I kind of was pleased. I know it's weird, but I was pleased to know, finally, after all these years, okay, so I have my voter. And my next question is like, what to do next?
0: Yeah, yeah. And, And you're right. And it's not this... When we say you know, it's, it's not really weird actually, because what happens is, you're you you actually get clarity on something that you're unsure of, and at least it's something that you can you can work on. And it's not something that you've gone there and someone's saying, well, you need to go and do this, and you need to go and do this, you need to go and take tablets, you need to go on medication, you need to be in um, you know, you need to be sectioned or anything like that. You get clarity on where you can it's like a starting point and then now I can how do I control this how can I how can I work on
1: exactly exactly and the thing is uh, unfortunately also in um, this is known. Uh, this is a habit in our uh, community uh, I'm not gonna say all but most of the ME Middle East region the, the uh, therapists uh, from the that are uh, Middle Eastern background, uh, they would just see this, and for some reason I don't know why we have this culture, they will just uh, recommend medications for you. Yeah. While if you actually go to therapists that are like European, American, or uh, of any of the developed uh, countries, they would actually try to go first uh, for a few therapy sessions or only, only if it's an extreme case where you might be harmed yourself or others they would uh, like uh, prescribe from medication until you be able to handle the things that you're going through and then they reduce the dosage but in our culture here it's quite the contrary they tried to, I think the doctor, my th- because my therapist, uh, uh, what do you call it, she was fine but also at the same time I had to see her so I, uh, and I keep confusing which one is the one for medication psychiatrist or psychologist but he was trying to put me in prescription for wheel, uh, which is a medication to treat uh, bipolar and I was like do I need it he's like yes you need it but then I was like uh, I was like okay and I didn't really take it I tried it for a week it made me feel like a zombie uh, basically what it does it's uh, instead of going through the mania and the depression it just brings you in a balance in the middle where you're not manic or we are not depressed, but at the same time, it kills It kills you inside. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you're just dull. Yeah. Think of it like it's like food without salt. You're eating something that has no taste and you're becoming something without salt. So, that's something that I really hope that one day will change about uh, mental health in our region. That is, uh, don't just just uh, uh, push it into the, the medication. Let's uh, allow the people, the patients, the mental health patients to actually understand what they're going through as, uh, with their disorders. Let's try to encourage them to actually deal with it instead of just uh, putting them in a cycle where they get dependent on medications, which is really dangerous because yes, uh, the, contrary, yeah, the contrary to uh, normal medications, uh, antibiotics or anything, Mental health medications is uh, it should be very balanced and should be closely monitored. Uh, To anyone who is listening from our audience, if you are taking, uh, if you get into taking mental health medication, you need to do blood tests monthly. It's to that point how it's severe to your body and your brain because it plays with the chemicals inside your brain.
0: Yeah, yeah. And how how have you over the years have you? You know, during those times and the times where there's low moments and even high moments, how have you what things have you yeah, you got your work, um, you've your wife, you 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 now you've got kids. What things have you done or what things have helped you to cope with um you know, bipolar and, and knowing that you know, you you got this, and if someone's going, if you're going to have something that's going to happen to you, if you're going to feel down moments. What sort of things helps you to cope? Is it music? Is it, you know, what is it?
1: Mm. All right. So, uh, so the critical word you just said is coping. So when you take, uh, when you go to a therapist, and if they start uh, teaching you CBT, the cognitive behavioral therapy, it's basically you start. Think of it this way: you're 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 driving in your life. So let's say your body is the vehicle, and your emotions is the system. And so let's let's imagine it as a car. So you start being aware to understand the signals. So when you get a low fuel signal, what are you gonna do? You're gonna go to the nearest fuel station. When you get, uh, what do you call it? When you uh, when you get. Uh, uh, check engine, so you will stop aside and take yeah, a break, yeah. Yeah. stop everything you're doing and check engine. So, basically this is what I did through the years. I started developing my own mechanisms. Uh, some of them uh, involve uh, just isolation. You know, deciding that, okay, I've reached a point in my la- right now in the day that I, I know if I keep pushing, I'm gonna have a sudden drop. Or like, I'm just gonna like get uh, into a depression phase. So I just calm down and, funny though, uh, I'll just, for example, go have a dessert in a place I like. Some other times, uh, if I'm already down very low and I want just to do something to soothe, you know, just like when a baby is crying and it it needs something to soothe it, I will uh, get get a drink, uh, stay in a place where I like, for example, my office where I'm at right now. Uh, or my work recommendation so that I uh, I try my best so that I'm not being interrupted uh, and uh, just uh, listen to some nice songs uh, my recommendation to anyone out there Marina and the Diamonds or her name is now Marina she's an amazing singer uh, she's also bipolar so this is one of the things that I love about her every time I hear uh, her songs and I read the lyrics it just shoots to my heart and my brain uh, and the last the last thing, which is the best thing, is just hugging my kid.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's, that's, that's literally like hugging a, uh, a hugging a negativity. Uh, uh, sorry, yeah, a negativity sponge. So like they just suck out everything, and I'm filled with joy.
0: Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. And you're I've, 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 there's a common theme running through this, and <laughs> we talked about all the mental health stuff. And a common theme which you've quite and I and I picked up on it, there's quite a few things. Um, is food is food. I mean you talked about restaurants, there's so many different things you mentioned, food and, and a lot of sort of analogies there to do with food. How do you are you a person that enjoys food and, and, and has that been part of, you know, something that you 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 your kind of journey and kind of, you know, helping you to yes. sit down and relaxing? Yeah, uh... so
1: So, uh, you're right, actually, before I start doing any therapy or all of that, food was uh, number one uh, coping mechanism without me even realizing it. So, basically what happened is uh, I thought just I'm a foodie person, but it came to be that I'm just using all this time, food, because all my life uh, I've been addicted to sugars, sweets, and uh, fast food. Well, at least when I was introduced to them. Uh, to the point that by uh, university, uh, like when I was already 21 years old, I was almost 130 kg, kilograms. But once I started realizing all of this, that it's all in the brain, and it's not about that I'm hungry, and it's just carvings due to me trying to, my memory being programmed all these years that when you feel this, just go do that. I, that. Uh, I started actually reprogramming my brain, and uh, uh, thankfully I was able to lose uh, almost 40 kilograms. Uh, of course, of course, with the pandemic and everything going on, uh, I had to please myself, and I have gained uh, 10 kilos back. But at least I'm satisfied. I'm aware. At least now I'm aware what am I doing and how the food is affecting uh my mentality or vice versa how my mentality is affecting my food consumption yeah
0: and sometimes it's just about changing old habits old habits like say if you you can still have a sweet yeah. but it might not might be less or it might be you know maybe one or yes one. no just changing the way you do things then that, that actually helps with you your physical and your mental um true, true. and so you you've said you've gone through a, a bit of trauma for the last thing, and you're going to see a therapist tonight and everything like that. What's life like for you now? You know, you from you you've been you, you were diagnosed with bipolar. You've you went through all those things, and you kind of got clarity on what you you're working. You've got your family, your kids, all these things. What is life like for you in in general? Is it you know are you are you looking to the future and and um, yeah? What's life for you like for you?
1: All right. Alright, so life right now is basically I'm aware what's going on in my head. But at the same time, and they tell you this in therapy, the future is anxiety, the past is depression. So usually when you're depressed, you're depressed because of what happened to you. And when you're anxious, is because what you what you have perception that is going to happen in the future. I'm going to bail, I'm not going to be able to make it, how I'm going to get distorted, all of these things. So I just try to live my life day by day, and trying my best to be optimistic. Uh, yeah, because if and this is something that that's why I actually got back into seeing my therapist. That all my coping mechanisms st- suddenly started, started uh, stop working. It's right. like as I told you the uh, the yeah. comparison that imagine like you're driving a car and you get the signals. Yeah. So. So I went through, uh, I've been, I was going through a lot of things that to the point I started seeing all the warning signs together and I was like, I don't know what to do. That's 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 when you can take your car to a mechanic and that's when I uh, contacted my therapist that I need to start seeing therapy sessions. Uh, but alhamdulillah, uh, thank, uh, thankfully I'm back on track. Uh, trying to just balance uh, my life, getting everything sorted. Uh, for the future, uh, uh I'm happy with anything uh, God sends to me like if I'm going to be successful or not because right now I keep reminding myself it's not about me anymore yeah. I'm uh, 29 years old and I live my life uh, what I should be focusing on is uh, securing, a, uh, securing a bright future for my family for my kids and to make sure that they don't go through what I went
0: through yeah. and, and when we talk about success we're talking about you are at success because of all the things you've been through um and you're actually recognizing you know this is not me being contrived or anything like that you've actually recognized from what i'm hearing that you've actually recognized you talk about the car because some people don't some people don't recognize the car until it's broken down so they're ready to start the engine and it doesn't work it's and you're thinking well, yeah where am i going to go now what do i do next and start panicking whereas because you've been exactly. through all those things, exactly. you're recognising when, so if, if something traumatic happens or something happens where you, 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 it doesn't have to be something traumatic, anything that triggers it, you actually know yourself that, oh, maybe this is what I need, I need to top it up, or I need a bit of or water, or I need a bit of oil, or it needs seeing to, and you're actually recognising it in yourself because of all the things that you've gone through. Um, I was going to say to you, let's talk about let's for the last part of this. Let's just talk about um, the what you what your plan is for the for, for mental health in terms of Qatar um, and you know this big project and things like that. What is your plan for? Because we spoke about it and we've been on the, the you know the World Mental Health here last year and stuff like that. What are the what do you see as the future for mental health in Qatar? All right. So for when it comes to
1: mental health. Uh, I uh, I think I know everyone is like they hating COVID, but from my perspective, is like COVID was the best thing that happened to mental health because suddenly the Ministry of Health, uh, all the organizations, yeah. the companies, corporate started implementing hotlines to deal with stress due to COVID. And I'm like, where were you before? Yeah. Why wasn't this available the whole time, you know? But anyway, so without uh, throwing shade at anything, uh, I see the future that uh, hopefully, we're gonna become a more aware society. Uh, People will start uh, appreciating mental health better. And when it comes to my personal agenda, uh, I'm still having, I'm still waiting it uh, to, actually fully operate or like get uh, which is uh, clarity as i said for mental, at the mental health platform uh, we created me and my colleagues yeah. to be fully functional and to start supporting everyone uh, unfortunately you know uh, due to the restrictions right now and uh, regarding mental health itself i don't want to go into the details i just put it aside and I was focused on growing my own passion, which is the ceramic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, once, maybe, in, hopefully in a few months, once the whole company is sorted, my ceramic business is sorted, I am uh, going back fully uh, 180 degree full speed throttle to actually get more <laughs> running, inshallah.
0: <laughs> I like some of your terminologies. <laughs> yeah I'm
1: full, a mechanical engineer sorry I'm prot- the car
0: no no full throttle <laughs> <laughs> full throttle and, and thingy so what would you say to people that may be struggling um because again oh, I'm gonna two things here do you find that there's a lot of Qataris that are struggling mental with mental health and what would you say to people who may be struggling with mental health
1: All right, so when it comes to Qataris, yes, I believe a lot of people in Qatar are uh, struggling with mental health issues. But unfortunately, they are not aware, or maybe they might be a little bit aware, but they're still afraid of the stigma uh, around it. Uh, What I would recommend to anyone who is going through this is read. If you're not going to seek a mental uh, health uh, provider, read. Uh, and try just to be uh, better connected with yourself understand why things happen why you feel like this uh, the simplest thing you can actually teach yourself how to do CBT which is cognitive behavioral therapy yeah. and uh, also I would recommend that people start reading about emotional intelligence because this is something that is really important when you become emotionally intelligent you are able to be more aware about what goes through you so whether it's emotions or feelings and hopefully if you become aware you're gonna realize that there is no wrong of actually seeking mental
0: health help yeah yeah and I'd, I'd like to say thank you i'd like to say thank you where can you be found by the way if, if anybody wants to find you um to kind of i want to say find you I don't mean you know knocking on your door i mean where can people find you in terms of in all
1: right so so media? you can you can find me social media, you can find me on Instagram, uh, my account is hq3.33 uh, I have an obsession with number three, so that's why, yeah. and I'll be more than happy to welcome you all in my page, I share my uh, life experiences, I try to share like things that the society usually doesn't share, I, I today I was, I just actually posted about how people, uh, 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 undermine uh, actually growing vegetables. I, uh, I took a few uh, shots of my father's garden where he has uh, rocket and, uh, tomatoes and everything. Right. Uh, so, basically I'm not just about mental health. I'm uh, everything about what our society shouldn't be. So we should be supporting everyone to just express their feelings. Uh, of course, with respect to the society, but uh, and total that we should be able we should be supporting each other to become a better person Yeah.
0: and i'd like to say thank you on your birthday I was, of, of all you know it's international women's international day so you can always say that then if you know about that but it's women's international day today it's your, actually your birthday today uh, as well um, uh, 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 it is my birthday so i know it is international women's birthday yeah so it, yeah it's fantastic that you you know I'm, I'm glad you came on to talk about you know your your life experiences, and again, we—I think there's something we can we can keep going with. Something that you can talk about. There's other things that we're not just your life, but there's other things that we can talk about, like you said, um, life experiences and stuff like that, and the podcast as well. So I'd like to invite you back on again to chat again. Um,
1: sure, anytime. It was my pleasure, man. Yeah, and it's and fantastic I would love and, to, uh, to be here
0: again. Yeah, and just say you know, um, um, you know, bless to you, you, your you wife, and your, and your kids, and and you know your family so thank you for coming on and um thank you so much no problem and that was Men Are Nuts speak to you soon